All right, we are back on the Just End the Suffering podcast. A special bonus episode for you this week. There's too much craziness going on in baseball right now, so the baseball beat is here. If you're looking for the regular episode with Matt Vernon talking football and some football picks, all that good stuff, that's coming tomorrow. But for today, let's go to the baseball beat. All right, we are back. The special baseball B edition of the episode. I'm your host, Mike Phillips, joined in the studio by Anthony Sorbellini. Anthony, how are you? Good, Mike. How about you? Doing good. And the other half of the baseball B is on the line with us, Will Schneiderhan. Will, welcome. How are you? Been better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had to get together because there is some major breaking news to discuss. Will, can you break down for us the Josh Donaldson signing? The Josh Donaldson? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, hey, they got a slugger. How about that? Is that what we're all talking about today? Yeah, they're, yeah <laughs> they're all talking about the Josh Donaldson impact on the Minnesota Twins. But seriously, we are actually here to discuss the sign-stealing mess that baseball is in right now. Oh, my for those of us who have been living under a rock for the last week, here's what's been happening. On Monday, the investigation of the Astros concludes. Rob Manfred suspends A.J. Hinch, the Astro manager, and Jeff Lunau, the general manager, for a year for their role in the scheme. About a couple hours later, the owner, Jim Crane, goes to a press conference, fires both of them. Two days later, Alex Cora gets let go by the Boston Red Sox for his involvement in this and his ties to the 18 stuff. And then today... The Mets let Carlos Beltran go, the last man standing in this report. And and I'll go to you. What is going on in this league right now? Dude, I have absolutely no idea. It's kind of like it fe- almost feels like high school. It's just like he said this, he said that, he did that. It's just it's kind of just a mess right now. Yeah. Every It feels like every hour you just see a new report coming in. You know, we just had the, like, the supposedly, in quotes, you know, the Beltron's uh, niece Twitter. Beltron's niece's Twitter saying, like, you know, Altuve didn't want his jersey torn off after the, uh, was it World Series or ALCS, after she an, said? After an ALCS game, because apparently he has a sensor on yeah. his shoulder was telling him when the pitches were coming. And she also said uh, Bregman did, too. It's just, there's more and more stuff coming out now, and it's it's kind of ridiculous seeing everything that's coming out. All right. I think what's the easy way to do this is we'll get the Beltron last. I think we asked the guy to go in order of what happened here. So let's start with the Astro aspect of it. So, Will, what was your reaction when we saw first the suspension of the year for Hinch and Lunau with the loss of the picks and the $5 million fine? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of I tweeted about this, too, where, like, I think a lot of people thought there needed to be more. But, I mean, that was, I thought it was more than just like there's no way that they're going to do any more than that and i don't think people really realize on the surface like how much that obviously you they go and fire lunau and hinch but like even just the from the purely suspension standpoint those draft picks and and um the you know the 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 slot money and all of that like that is really going to be detrimental to a team that's not going to probably retain their shortstop and center fielder yeah, and what do you think about the initial stuff from the Astros? I mean, I was kind of on the opposite end. At, f- at first when I saw it, I was kind of like, that's it. You know, only a, a year, a year suspension. But then as the more and more stuff kept coming out, you know, I think 
the owner did the right thing in letting and letting Hinch and GM go. But the draft picks was also another thing. I I see a lot of fans saying they should get the death penalty. I don't think that's just in this case. It's uh, the, the death penalty is definitely a pretty much I think it's too much right now. So I think right around everything that's coming out now with all those involved, you know, now Cora being fired and everything, everybody who was being let go, that's the <clears throat> that's the right course of action. My issue with this at the Astros is this. I feel like Jim Crane, the owner, getting off scot free for what he yeah. did because he's yeah. claiming like I had no idea what was going on. To me, it's a load of garbage. You're the owner of a baseball team. You are spending this money. You're putting these guys in charge. You tell me you have no idea what they're doing under like under your watch. It means either you're incompetent or you're lying. Which to me, I don't think either one looks good for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's where that, like that five million dollar fine sort yeah. of comes into. But you all, I I agree, Mike. You ha- you have to hit him a little bit harder. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, and Will's not here, so he can't see the visual. The five million dollar fine for an owner. Is the equivalent of me taking this uh, $5 bill and throwing an Anthony. That's basically the equivalent <laughs> of the fine. Yeah, it's pretty much nothing. It's nothing. Will, do you have any issues with the ownership thing with the Astros? No, I mean, I do kind of feel like it was a little bit of a cop-out where, like, you, he, you know, the firing of them and stuff, and, like, oh, I didn't know. But, I don't know, like, hindsight's hindsight. I think, like, realistically, they kind of had to cut the head off it cut the head off at one point you know what i mean we're like i mean i think look as we get into this podcast i'm sure we'll talk about the other stuff that keeps trickling out but like i i, I honestly like it, it didn't really bother me too much I, you know i respect the fact that he took the action got rid of hinch and lou now and um you know i guess ignorance is bliss in some instances so i'm gonna i'm just gonna side on that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then we get the statements from Hinge and Lunau. Lunau basically passed the buck, says, this is, this, oh. I had no idea what was going on. Lunau yeah, looks like a clown. Lunau is not going to work in baseball again with that kind of attitude. Oh, no. If you, so if you had just asked me, so if you asked me if I had an issue with Lunau, oh, my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> hit, hit, I mean, that statement was just like, how many times were we eight, when we were eight years old, like we, you know, punched our cousin or like brother or sister and then we had to apologize to our parents where we basically were like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I mean, that was just – that's what he basically said to me. Was, I thought that was such a, like, disgraceful statement, if we're being completely honest. I mean, that that was ridiculous. I don't feel bad for that man being suspended for possibly, you know, for a year and then never getting a job in baseball again. I thought that was absolutely just disgusting the way he reacted. Super pretentious. Yeah, it's just kind of reacting like, you know – Hand got caught in the cookie jar. Didn't know what to say. Yeah, it was, uh, I, it's, I, it's, I respected what Hinch had to say, but not no. Lou now is like I, I, that was ridiculous. I respect what Hinch had to say. According to the report from Man, apparently Hinch smashed the monitor twice because he was not happy about what was going on. But at some point, you are the manager. You can put a stop to it. In fact, he didn't. I mean, that's not good for him either. Well, yeah, with no. Hinch like doing that, but you also have to think like who's more to blame, like. Who was the one who started this? They say yes, Cora was the ringleader, but you know you're you're the manager of the Astros. How how much say do you have that goes into this? I mean, you run the clubhouse. You exactly. Could, you could easily say, you know what, like Alex, stop this. Like we're not doing this. Yeah. So I mean, he's just as much to blame as Cora is, even though Cora may have may have come up with everything, was you know the ringleader and brought everything up, but it's Hinch's clubhouse. Yeah. He has final say over everything that goes on. 
Yeah, as far as Hinch goes, I think I, it's interesting to see what happens to him when the suspension is over because he was somebody who was like a rising star in this game. Brody Van Wagenen loved him, which I think played something into the Beltron higher a bit. But like, I just wonder, like, is anybody give him another shot? I could see Hinch getting another opportunity. It probably won't be immediately after her suspension is done. I would say within three, five, five years at the yeah. top. Yeah, Will, any thoughts on Hinch getting another shot? I think Hinch is going to get a job right after the suspension. I do. I, maybe like what Anthony's like two years at tops, but he'll be back. I mean, it, it's kind of like, I, again, it's how you carry yourself. I know some people were rubbed the wrong way by him because he was kind of like, you know, the Astros organization kind of carried themselves in that, that way. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Hinch, is a, he'll definitely get a shot. He'll definitely get a job. Um, but again, I don't think Lunau will ever get one. Never, ever, ever. No, no I think Lunau's done. <laughs> Let's go to we'll, – we'll, we'll come back to the players and the whole John Boy, Beltraz, Nice reports at the end of this. But we'll go to the Red Sox next. The Red Sox move on from Alex Cora. They are also still under investigation, by the way, for 2018 cheating. They haven't resolved that yet. But, I mean, Cora, I think, had to be let go based on the fact that, like, I think there's a, a, a non-zero chance he gets the lifetime ban. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. I, there's just no way you can't go do it. You know, it's just a simple fact that he did it one place and then reportedly he did it again in Boston and both teams, you know, won championships. And a, it, that's a shame. And yeah, I don't think he'll. Maybe he, he's a guy like really, really specific. You know, unique scenario where he's got to do the whole, you know, comeback tour before you can even think about it. <laughs> Now, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, Will. With if it was since you know twice with these allegations, I'm, I wonder if they would be a little bit more lenient with him, court instead of giving the lifetime ban. If it was just with the Astros, but with him doing it supposedly with the Red Sox too, that's kind of like you know the last nail in the coffin. So I think he's done. Yeah, yeah, no, that no, I completely agree. It was that it was the double dip that got yeah. him big time. <laughs> yeah, and like I. I'll admit I was on the fence. I want to see more information about before we actually did a whole baseball beat podcast. You guys are supposed to come back in February when we sort of wrap up the off season. But like mm-hmm. once the core thing happened, I'm like, okay, this is getting too big now because now this is getting a second team. It's going to get a third. We're going to find out. But I think core is toast. There is no yeah. way I think anybody, any owner can bring him into the building knowing that he's tied to two cheese games, tied to two tainted championships and, Real quick, before we get to the Mets, I also want to point out, all people are saying take the trophy away. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. This is not, oh, yeah. I, no, it's, this is not the NCAA. This is not we, – we saw this happen. We saw them win. And what are you going to do with the trophy if you take it away? You can give it to the Dodgers. That's not going to – they're gonna, not going to do them any good three years after the fact. You're not going to give it to the Yankees. You're not, there's nothing no, – it's just it happened. You move on. They didn't take the Patriot yeah. trophy away after the fl- yeah. after Flategate. The way I look at I it, yes, that. they they cheated everything. They they stole signs, but they still had to go out and play. You know. Yeah, they're gonna have to. It's nothing. They just have to live with it. They have to live yeah. with the fact that no one's gonna buy. It. They actually did it on their own. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I, I hate that <laughs> because that that the vacated uh, Louisville title. Like, oh, I forgot. Were they gonna take the men, the Men in Black thing, where they like go and erase your memory and yeah, then right. forget about it? <laughs> yeah, it's just so it's so dumb that the NCAA way of doing it. I just think like it happened. Their their penalty is that they're gonna have to be linked to cheating for the rest of their lives, whether it's an official asterisk or not. Yeah, they're, no, they're always just gonna have an asterisk next to their next to their title. Yeah, so now we'll get to the one that's going to take most of this conversation here, which is 
Now, somehow the Mets got caught in the shrapnel. This, even though they got no titles, no benefits out of it, did not steal any signs. They get caught in the mess here because today, as we're recording, Carlos Beltran and the Mets have parted ways. He's not even managed a game for the franchise. He is gone. We get a statement from, I mean, just before you came on the air, we had the we got to listen to the Brody Van Wacken conference call with Jeff Webb was supposed to talk at, but of course he did not. So at this conference call, basically, the implication that the Mets said, Brody comes out and says, you know what? We were not aware of the sign, Beltron's role with the sign ceiling when he got hired on November 1st. When the report came out, we deferred to the league investigation. He and Jeff Wilpon went to meet with members of the commissioner's office on Wednesday, Then they, which was yesterday from day of recording. Then they flew down to Port St. Lucie, met with Beltron. The decision was made then. Will, as the Met guy, your reaction to all this? I'm just, like, it's just bummed to see, like, um, you know, a team, a really good player who is on the team, a guy who I was really high on as a manager, just, you know, and again, I'm not victimizing him. He was involved. He should have to, you know, pay his dues, take his lumps. But I, it's kind of sad to me because he's the, my thing is, is yes, like I just said, he, he was involved, but he was a player and no other player was named in that report. No other player is being punished. You know, he was taken advantage of because he was still in a leadership role. And I just, I, that kind of like rubs me the wrong way. But at the same time, like, yes, he was a cheater. He was involved. And I do understand. I kind of see both ends of it in a way, but I just, I just think it's like, a, it's just an un- unfortunate situation. It really is. Yeah, let's be real. The Mets are put in a no-win scenario by Rob Manfred because Rob Manfred in the report went out of his way to say a group of players, including Carlos Beltran, did not name any other player in the entire report. He named Carlos Beltran, and at the end, he's like, no players will be disciplined, but you knew, you just kind of had this feeling that Manfred wanted something to happen here, so by doing it this way, he kind of puts the pressure on the Mets to do the dirty work and move on from Beltran. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It just kind of feels like the most Mets thing ever. You know, they don't have anything. They got nothing out of it. Exactly. It's They had no relation to, you know, Astros, Red Sox, no relation to that. But then they bring it. They made the decision to bring in Carlos Beltran, and then this is what happens to them. It's it's kind of like the perfect storm for the Mets. It's, you, you, it's, it's just the way this thing's – it's just the way it seems to go for the Mets. Yeah, it's like they just can't catch a break. It's like literally, it's like the the Astros and the Red Sox kind of like falling off a cliff. The Mets have to be walking on the sidewalk underneath, and he just got got crushed by that. The Mets are just little, (laughs) just literal bystanders, and then just. It's just that is so funny. (laughs) The cliff that is so true. (laughs) It's just literally. It's not. It's just unfortunate for the Mets because they were input in no win scenario there, and honestly, it's like. The issue I don't think that's not clear yet, I don't know if we're ever going to get clarity on this, is like how much that he actually told them once the allegations came out. Because one of the things that Brody Van Wagen said at the press conference that got hired was, we feel trustworthy with Carlos. We feel like he's a trustworthy guy who will lead our organization forward in the future. And if he was not trustworthy with them, and the sense that I would get is that like when they went to meet with the commissioner's office that they found out things that Beltran did not tell them, if that's the case, I don't blame them because it's hard to trust your manager when he's holding things from you on something big like that. Oh, yeah, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. 
I think uh, Andy Martino was on the fan the other day, and he said that. Like, that's going to be the make or break in keeping Beltron is really going to be if, like, Van Wagenen and the Wilpons determine, okay, this guy either lied to us right away, and that's an issue, or he didn't. And so, I mean, I guess you got you got to – like you said, we might never know. So I guess you have to kind of assume that, yeah, they determined that he must have come in and tried to deny right away, and that wasn't, that wasn't uh, obviously truthful. Yeah, you're going to have to throw a cast card from both sides on what actually was said in these meetings because the Mets' official statement, mostly early media reports, like there was a mutual parting of ways. And you have Bob Nightingale of USA Today is reporting that Beltron did not want to leave and that he was basically forced out. And, I mean, we'll never know with this, but it's just an ugly situation all around. Yeah, it definitely is. I just, I just don't know where you go now. I just, again, just to see like a kind of like a club legend go down that way. I, I think he'll be back. Like, he'll definitely, I think, get a shit shot one day. Um, especially because he's just not, he wasn't suspended. So, um, I just, my issue is the players. Like, on the day that Carlos Beltran has to lose his job, his former teammate George Springer on that team settles for $21 million for his, this season. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I just, I don't, to me, it's so that, that's my issue with it all. Yeah, the whole, yeah. Before we'll go back to the, we'll figure out what these teams are going to try and do with the manager wise after this. But the player thing you pointed out, I like the thing I think with Manfred is, is A, it's hard to know exactly which players were involved in knowing what and doing what. Because I mean, like JDA was kicking around that locker room in 2017. How much do you think he actually knew? Was supposed to be like Brian McCann or Beltron or Correa or like Bregman. It's like it's tough to figure out. And then Ranford does not want a full-out war with the Players Association, like basically suspending a bunch of players when he's trying to negotiate a new CBA. So I understand this is how he did it, but it does feel icky. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, the whole situation is just – it's just – it's not good for baseball, putting it lightly. It's not good one, one bit. This is the worst game the sport has had since the steroids, since the mental report came out. Yeah, without a doubt. It's going to be – and it's interesting to be – it's interesting to see how the new CBA is going to be because, you know – Manfred is pretty much already under fire just for pace of play and all the other all other uh, new rules he's trying to add to the game. I just think in terms of everything that these players have, I mean, like, the big shoe to drop right now is these reports that are coming out from the Beltrons and these Twitter burner accounts about Jose Altuve and Alec Bregman wearing monitors on their shoulders that would buzz if certain pitches were going off. We have the and normally I don't take that account seriously. This same account also said the Mets were going to offer Anthony Rendon millions and millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> that did not happen. But then about ten minutes after that was tweeted, John Boy, who blew the cover off of this entire thing with the video showing the banging of the garbage can on mm-hmm. the Danny Farquhar pitches for the Yankees, like he comes out and says, "Yeah, I've about five people telling the same thing about the monitors, and I'm just trying to verify before I put it out there." So. If that comes out, you have to think there's a whole new set of consequences coming for these players. Yeah, I, I yeah. want to believe that so bad. Just because, like, at this point, like, let's just go in, baby. Let's get it all out. What else happened? You know what I mean? Like, don't hide it now. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah. keep going. Well, I saw something that it might have been the Red Sox, but relaying stuff through Apple Watches. That was, yeah, that was the original thing that, that started all this. That was the original, yeah. It was, it was like they, the Red Sox got caught use, using an Apple Watch relay information. The commissioner came down at that point and was like, hey, if I catch anybody else cheating, but I big did, penalties. Yeah, did see something with that in relation to the Astros, but they yeah. started they started flipping the monitors with the, yeah, they, they basically, the quote-unquote caller from center field. Yeah, and then they were running stuff out of the replay yeah. room. They were decoding singles in the replay room. I mean, it was a whole sophisticated operation, and I just think there's – 
gotta be something coming, guys. Don't you think in terms of like? Oh, there has to be. I just think it's kind of who's going to be that whistleblower. You know, yeah. who's going to be you know, someone from the commissioner's office or even Manfred himself just just go out there and be like, hey, like, just let me know what happened. You'll get like you know, kind of like a reduced sentence, so to speak, yeah. just in for your compliance with saying like you know how elaborate it was, what the whole breakdown was of everything. I just like the funny thing here is that like when the Astros were basically caught, they, they basically said like, you know what? We have, they accused eight other teams of cheating when they got caught. And yeah. the Red Sox are one of them. We haven't identified who the other seven are yet, but like you have to wonder like, is there some sort of bigger report coming where we catch like more teams and like with their hand in the cookie jar? Oh yeah. you just, I mean, you mentioned it before the Mitchell report. I mean, something like, something like this is bound to happen. I mean, it, all the technology, all the, did everything that there is today, like, you know, it's, I was thinking about the other day, like, you think, because, you know, when they're sitting there at their iPads, I mean, they're usually checking, what, their last at-bat yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You're going to sit there and see what the catcher's putting down as a signal, like, figure something out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I, obviously, that's not going to go away, but I bet you to a larger degree. I mean, if, you know, obviously, I, there's no way that teams didn't know the Astros were doing this, you know what I mean? Or, or mm-hmm. maybe or, or didn't have the idea that they were. Um so, like, yeah, it's a competitive advantage. They're probably like, you know what, screw it. If they're cheating, I should cheat. And then, you know, all this domino effect happens. It would not surprise me at all. I I mean, I find it hard to believe if somebody looked me in the eye and said, oh, yeah, the only two teams in baseball were cheating like this. Like, no, no way. Well, sign stealing has been a part of baseball for pretty much since the, the game was invented. I mean, yeah. it's always looking for that event. It's just who's going the extra mile, you know. Just going out there, and the uh, excuse me, the Astros had one of the most elaborate and complex systems systems going about it between you know banging the tra- banging the trash cans and everything. It's it's going to be interesting to see what other teams are involved, and also you know kind of like what, what their system was as well. Yeah, like what their yeah. what their method is, because like I can just imagine we're getting to a point where like. They sort of have, like, MLB sort of bans technology in the dugout during games just because I can feel like they're going to say, you know what, like, this too much of a headache. We can't control this. You can't watch your I- watch your bats on your iPads during the game. You can't go back and look at old stuff, try and piece stuff together that way. It's like if you want to s- steal a sign, you've got to do it the old-fashioned, having the runner on second base trying to read the sign from the catcher. Yeah. No, de- definitely. I- I've always thought it was, like, I was saying to, like, my friend the other day, I'm like, I mean, these guys have, like, these tablets where, I'm, like, say you get – Say you're going up for your fourth at bat in the game and you see three, you know what I mean? Like you have like at least 12 to 15 pitches in your first three at bats. I mean, you can look back and get a general, you know, idea of a sign and so on. But, you know, like like from like a pure baseball fan, I hate it. And it sucks that this is happening. Like I don't want that to be the case. But like the harsh reality is like, I guess you got to assume like this probably happens and this probably has happened to this degree too, a lot more than we think. I also want to throw out another idea about possible reform may come out of this. There's something Evan Roberts flew on WFAN recently. I think it's actually a pretty good idea. Why don't we take the replay challenge thing out of the manager's hands and put this just like in a, in a skybox official, kind of like an umpire on site or in in Chelsea where they're going over the replays. And that way you don't have a replay where we can just go run back there and watch the tape back during the game. Just like have the umpire buzz down if something egregious happens and then they can review it. And like you don't have the access to technology right at your disposal. Yeah, but I, I agree with yeah. that too. But uh one thing that I keep thinking of, like technology, like you know how many times they play a replay on the big board during yeah. the stadiums? Like there's gotta be some guys 
you can still decoding that too. Yes, they don't have a tablet or a phone or whatever right in front of them, right in the dugout, so they can keep replaying it. But they keep playing replays over and over and over again. So there's going to yeah. be, as long as technology is in the game, there's going to be ways for guys to try to cheat the system. No, I'm not saying get yeah. rid of get rid of video boards because that's just insanity. Yeah, that 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 that, that can't happen. Yeah. I mean, it's just there's gonna be there's gonna be ways for guys to constantly try to bend the rules. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk a little bit more about like some of the fallout for some of these teams. I mean, like, I'll start with. I mean, we talked about the Astros a little bit. Let's go to the Mets for a minute because the Mets right now they're in a tough spot because <laughs> they now they hired a coaching staff. Brody Van Wagen has said that whoever the new manager is is going to be getting this coaching staff. And one of the guys on it, Henley, Henley Mules, is now in the mix for the Red Sox job. So <laughs> it's a disaster all around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I just – I wish – I really wish that, like, the, they would just be like, you know what? We really need a guy who's going to come in and crack the web kind of in a way. Like, just get Buck Showalter. It's just easy. A guy who's going to come in. You get a first timer, like hey, that's like imagine that. Oh, you never managed before. Well, spring training's in a month. There you go, buddy, and you don't get the pictures. Coaching staff, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just like get like a guy like Buck. Like, even if it's you know, like get him in there. He doesn't need much time. He's been around so many clubhouses. Like, <laughs> I just there's no. I, I won't feel good about any hire other than something like or someone like that. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, I mean, Will, you hit it perfectly. That's that's what you need with. A couple, basically a month until spring training games start. You can't just go out there and throw a rookie manager. And it was going to be tough with Beltron being a rookie manager, but at least he had time to go out and create his staff. But now you're basically you're starting from scratch when pitchers and catchers report in two and a half weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't even imagine. <laughs> it's it's, which is one thing I want. I'm curious about these teams. I'm I'm wondering if they're going to consider this. Is like I if I were all three of these teams. I would just put somebody on for the year and then figure it out after this year instead of trying to rush and get a long-term answer right now. I just like that. Honestly, like, might be what happened. They might even just look internally, just kind of you know, just somebody who knows the organization, not, right? yeah, knows just, the people, you know, like next next man up type of mentality for the like, manager. Like the Mets have the right guy for this in the building. They just don't seem inclined to give it to him. It's like if I were the Mets, like I would just go to Terry and Collins, be like, "Hey, Terry, can you watch the build the, the team for a year and then?" You know you don't want to manage long term. You you take this year, and then next year we'll go hire our long term guy, and then reevaluate everything then. As opposed to like, okay, Luis Rojas, you're going to start your tenure as Mets manager in the middle of this mess. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for the Mets, so they're like uh, the Astros are obviously still built to win now and compete now for sure. But like the Red Sox, I don't think it even matters. You can name you or I, you know, to be the manager. They're pretty much in the. They're they're pretty much almost in like a in a tearing down mode i really think you're getting mm-hmm. closer to that the way that cap is and so on or where their payroll is and so on so uh i don't i feel like the red sox honestly don't really feel that that much pressure compared to i think the mets they're the most they have the most pressure i mean even houston like yeah they won, houston won. <laughs> they exactly yeah exactly so like the mets it's like really you were just such an unfortunate bystander in this whole thing where like you felt so good it sounds like that you know a new owner is going to be in soon like everything yeah oh this is great you know we got it looks like everything's pointing upwards and just boom like that's where i, I really like there's no 
I, I, if Brody Van Wagenen was like, oh, I'm not panicking right now, it'd be like, dude, it's fine to even to say you're panicking because I would be panicking. I think anybody would be panicking. <laughs> I think Mets Twitter is panicking right now. Oh, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm part of it. I, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much optimism around this team, for and and, and this happens. It's just such a bummer. And I mean, I mean, you know, Brody always tries to play it cool and so on. But hey, I bet you he's feeling the pressure, and I really do not blame him. <laughs> no, like they got they got completely blindsided. And I mean, like it makes you wonder what's going to happen with their reputation in our league. I mean, Dallas Batantis came to the Mets partly because of his relationship with Carlos Beltran. Now he's gone. So yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, bit. I was, that's, I was thinking about that before. Yeah, it's like that's a hard sell for like. Because the players talk, they're going to say, like, boy, like, they did Beltron dirty the way they left him out there. That's something you may think that that may be an unintended consequence of, like, you had to move on. And the players say, you know what, like, we can't trust the organization. Do we come here? Yeah, that's, that's, that'd be an unfortunate fallout. But I, I, I honestly don't know if, if players truly think a lot like that. But, I mean, hey, it's definitely, like, a, a possibility for sure. I'd never say something's not a possibility. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of see a beloved guy like that get dropped, it's just, it is. The whole thing, in this case, for the Mets and for Beltron, it's just like such an, like, just such an unfortunate bystander. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah, let's let's shift gears to the Red Sox, because right? the Red Sox you brought up before, I think they're another interesting spot, where they're sort of in this no-man's land, where they're kind mm-hmm. of like, they are stuck against the, against the uh, luxury tax, Mookie Betts can be a free agent. They have a lot of guys that are paid a ton of money. They can't really move money. I mean, this kind of feels like to me, feel like they're sort of excuse to sort of like start tearing the whole thing down and start like, I feel like this now just spikes the odds of Mookie Betts trade in season. Yeah, without a doubt. The Met, uh, excuse me, the Red Sox are pretty much think they're just going to start start tearing down the house, rebuilding. That's just where you yeah. have to go from. I mean, you pretty much lost, you you lost you basically your the next system. franchise manager. Yeah, you lost the system. Yeah. So you no, you have no sure, option yeah. other than starting from scratch, especially with so many guys being – and your best player being potential free agents going into the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm Phillips hit, hit, hit the nail on the head. It, it, exactly. It's, it, it's an excuse to be like, you know what? Let's get rid of Mookie. We can't pay him long term. You know, let's do all that. I mean, they can't really do anything the way, like you said, those contracts are constructed. I do. I think – that's why I don't think they feel any pressure either. It's like, ah, whatever. Like, we're, we're going to be, like, a completely different team in a year anyway, so. Right. Yeah, like, no skin off our, our back. We have our we have our ring. We're going to start over. We'll get some prospects back, and we'll just go from there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, again, it's just another unfortunate thing. Like, the Mets, as, as you said, we said a couple times here, it's <laughs> like, they didn't get any benefits. They were thought they were starting over with this whole bold new era, and then, like, they got hit by a train. Literally. I mean, the Mets just kind of thought, you know, filling in the last couple pieces that they need to finally get going on a postseason run or even make the postseason. It's just, like Mike, like you said, just getting hit, blindsided by a train out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, it's so crappy. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like, it, the guy didn't even get a shot. You know, it's just like all that fresh air just, isn't there? You know, it's kind of a little stinky <laughs> right now. Yeah, and imagine for a second they did actually keep him. 
they would be getting slammed on the other side. They have all the people at the Joel Sherman's who are angry that Beltron lied to him. You have all the people like on the on their high horses talking about, oh, you know, the Mets condone cheating because they kept Carlos Beltron. They could not win whatever they did. Yeah, no, the Mets were in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. There's literally no no winning that situation whatsoever. <sighs> yeah, but also like damned if you do, damned if you don't until Beltron, you know, leaves Degrom in for an inning longer or puts Edwin Diaz in a two-run game and blows it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's not act like in the first week of the season, people would, you know, like, there's just, it's so, and Phillips alluded to this in a text message, like, it's, there is just no way, unless, again, you're like Joel Sherman and you feel so slighted that you need to bring it up all the time, that this would have been, that this would have followed them at all this season. I mean, there's no shot. Like, mm-hmm. if, if, the Mets, if the Mets were winning every night, scoring like 15 runs, you know, Alonzo's got 50 homers at the All-Star break. Yeah, you know what? Maybe something's up, but that obviously <laughs> wasn't going to happen. Like, right. you know, there's no way that this would have carried that much longer. I mean, this probably would have went to bed until Beltran comes up for Hall of Fame election, then they'd rekindle the talks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing that, could, that concerned me the most, I mean, like, honestly, the meeting, I think, determined a lot because I think that, I mean, they like, clearly must have gotten some kind of information where they said, you know what, like, we don't feel comfortable with what he hasn't told us. Therefore, we want to move on and just start fresh. And I can't blame them for it. It's also hard because you said there, you know, like, they could they have gotten him through this? Like, if they had come out quickly and put out good statements and all that, they probably could. Is it a little more? It might be a little more heat than ownership wants right now. And it's <laughs> tough to go out and stick your neck out for a guy who's never managed a game for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, like, I really... I, I, a lot of people were kind of like on the Mets. I really like I, again. I, I, I'm just upset that it happened. I, I no, I'm really not mad at like the Mets for doing it or how they did it. I just, I just think it's just like such like again, like we said a hundred times already. Just you know, wrong place, wrong time. And it's it's hard because you can't really. I think the person you're blaming here, you can't because I don't think they want to blame Manfred. Because I think this is goes back to Manfred at the end because I think Manfred did set the Mets up in a place where they had no choice but to let him go. Yeah, I mean, just Manfred's kind of been like, like I said before, under heat. Manfred's kind of just, you know, like, I guess flexing his uh, commissioner chops, you know, kind of still keeping everybody in line, saying like, you know, he, I am the commissioner. and I'm not standing for this. Yeah, kind of pretty much just saying like it's my show type type deal. Yeah. You know, like my way of the highway type deal. So, yeah, Manfred pretty much just going out there trying to, I, I just keep just laying his foot down and just, yeah, just going out there. I just think it's crazy this whole thing. Like, I mean, could you imagine on Monday that we would be having this these conversations? No, not at all. Just the- uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of felt like it was going to happen, honestly, with the Beltron. Once that kind of came into question, you, you knew that like there was no way. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's interesting. Also, it's like we had this whole thing it's like i feel like the longer it was going on that is that you sort of felt the wind shifting on the beltron like you sort of knew like he was gone like once the longer they went without like coming out in support of him and like i just felt like internally they sort of like the longer they waited the more you were convinced he was gone yeah no no that's what it was like once you didn't hear anything last night i was like mm. There's no, I mean, I was going to be shocked, you know, if they, if we woke up and they said, hey, you know, 
we believe in him and stuff. It's, it's like you said, you, you Phillips nailed it. Like that's what happened. I mean, I'm sure at this meeting, maybe they were told more Beltron was more involved than Beltron was upright up front with them about it. And, and again, yeah, I can't, I can't blame them for, you know, wanting to part ways. And at the same time, I don't blame Beltron for maybe being like, Hey, like, cause you know, he doesn't know, like that was like right when that thing came out, you know? So it's again, People got to cover their own own bases. People have to cover their own, you know, thoughts. So, I, I it's just again, like it's just terrible that it had to happen. Yeah, and basically Brody again is. I, I'm looking through a Twitter right now. I started catching up on what he said during this uh, conference call. There's a lot of stuff about like that, like they were they weren't told about how big his role was. They never really asked about it. They never not talk about if Beltron's gonna get paid. About this, or if it's just a straight, or if it's a buyout kind of situation, Van Wagenen, according to Tim Britton, friends of the podcast, reiterates that the Mets had not heard rumblings about anything untoward with the Astros before the Athletic story in November. And you can again, you can question the front office in terms of like maybe they weren't thorough and the research is not a good look on them. But tough situation all around. No, one hundred percent. And again, again, like in that situation, like if they had never, you know what I mean? Like even if, if like the Mets had heard like just rumblings at that point or like when everybody you know and Beltron comes in and he goes hey you know and they're like hey like you know what's the deal with this can you tell us anything and Beltron's like oh, I don't know like I don't blame any of you I don't blame the Mets on that because like what the heck else are you gonna do you don't know anything you haven't heard anything about it and say with Beltron like you know it's right in the beginning of it like <laughs> you're not gonna be like oh yeah I, I did this this and that and then you know what I mean like it's so bad to say but like it's a job interview. What's he going to do? He wants to give himself a shot. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to go contradict yourself immediately. I mean, I, it sounds so bad, and, like, in this instance, it probably is even worse. But, they, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're what, you know? <laughs> I, if, and, I, and I'm sure, like, maybe the Mets were like, whatever, like, we don't know much about it. If we just ask him, like, what it was about, and he doesn't really tell us anything, like, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Yeah, and one more interesting tweet from Mike Puma. Van Wagen says he wasn't aware of Rumblings the Astros were cheating, and therefore Beltran was never asked about it in his, in his interview. Your reaction to that, Will? Uh, no, no, honestly, I'm not even kidding. I, I, I don't – it doesn't surprise me. It's kind of what I was just saying, and actually now that you say that, I feel better. Like, honest to God, I'm not even lying. I don't blame them. I do not blame them because, like, if you are – you know what I mean? Like, say you're going into, like, an interview with, you know, some company and someone walks by you and they're like – you know, oh, they do this here, and it's not right. And you just heard about it, and you walk in. Are you really going to ask them? You know, or are they going to? You know, I'm trying. Like, like, I don't know. I feel like if if it's something that's just so out of like left field, no pun intended, and you haven't heard anything about it that that in depth to that point, I'll be honest. I'm not even going to ask him. Yeah, like I, I I don't blame them. I really don't. I, 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 but also, I think it contradicts the fact that, like, okay, well, obviously he didn't lie then, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, why why did they 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 must have moved on from what they were told in that meeting? Yes, basically, he was not asked. And he did not volunteer. That's the sense I'm getting out of this. Yeah. So I, again, hey, I don't. Maybe you know. Yes, maybe the Mets should have said something. But at the same time, like, what's the point of asking if you know the guy's not going to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> One other tweet from uh, from Michael Mayer, another friend of the podcast, Jeff Wilpon, actually did say something. We heard from sources that Carl's not going to be suspended. The change was when the report did come out, how prominent he was in it. So let's create the theory that the Rob Manfred report played a big part in the Mets' thinking process here. 
Yeah, I just think it's funny that um, uh, the one thing I just think it's ironic is that when they traded for Robinson Cano, they said that they didn't think that he was a cheater, <laughs> and now they fire a coach. Yeah, I just think it's like ironic. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we can end this podcast with a good old. I still have, I'm still I'm still processing through all of this. I mean, we might be back next time we're on the podcast in February talking about more of this. I hope we're. Jeez, oh, I, I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we most likely will be though with everything that keeps coming out every day or by the hour. Yo, jo- <laughs> I'm just waiting for John Boy to drop another video. That's basically the next like thing to trigger something. It's, no, I, I said, like I said before, I want to buy into this buzzer thing so bad because I want more, like, John Boy videos. Like, I want to find a way to, like, them, you know what I mean? Like, at this, like I said before, at this point, like, let's just go. Let's see. Like, let's, let's go see how deep this thing goes. <laughs> yeah, you're literally the, you're literally right now, you're the meme of, like, that person leaning back in a chair pulling the popcorn out. Like, let's go. Let's let's see what's happening yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, I if, mean- <laughs> if you're going to keep going out, to let, let's just. Just, just rip everything off. Let's just, just see how bad it, it, how bad it is. Air those grievances. Yeah. Just don't, just don't rip out Tuve's shirt off. That was what he said, right? Yeah. His wife was gonna be. Well, I'm looking at the video of him right now. He's right there, just saying, <laughs> as he's rounding, as he's rounding third. You know, he's he's holding his jersey, saying, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't. No, I, it's almost, and not to go much longer, but it's almost like I tell you right now. At one point, you almost have to be impressed. I'm not even kidding. If they oh, got no, a way I, to like. If they got a way to like convey a buzzer and like you could get buzzed and like cognitively be like, oh, that means a slider's coming and you could do it that quickly. I know that, that's gut. ridiculous. My God, at one point, it's like, I'm like, I, honestly, that's not even cheating at that point. It's almost just so skilled. You're being told <laughs> to pitch, but I mean, that's it's almost impressive. Like not even to choke around. <laughs> it's, a, it's sort of like it's basically the equivalent of like you just. It's so bad, it's good. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, 100%. I tell you, that buzzer thing, that's why I just can't imagine it's real, but that thing, like, I'm not even kidding. That is, like, ridiculous. Can you imagine, like, getting pinched right before and you're, oh, a slider, and then you have the time to, like, even register what you have yeah. to do? The way, I'd be still, like, freaking out, like, what, what's the, what's buzzing way, in my shirt? The way they make it sound, exactly. the way they make it sound, it makes it sound like they basically took those, like, Applebee's buzzers you get when you're waiting for the <laughs> table at the restaurant, just taping inside their jersey, just yeah, buzzing right? it. Well, also, like, how big are they if supposedly there were buzzers? I mean, you know, you got to tape them down and everything. Like, it's not easy. Yeah. And especially because, oh, like, no. especially but, some guys are mic'd up during games and everything. So, what are you yeah, going to do? I can't, even, I can't even walk and, like, talk sometimes. Could you imagine trying to be like, oh, here's our oldest chap mid with his 100 mile per hour <laughs> fastball? Oh, here comes the slider. And then right away, you know, it's, I mean, there's, I, I honestly, I'm not even kidding. It's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> if that comes out, the imp- no one gets suspended. The other thing that would be impressive <laughs> for me, and this is my last point here, is like, imagine like how often you're going up to the plate with those things. How you not get hit there once with a pitch, yeah. and, and not have it just like explode or, or, or like slide. That's yeah. why I feel like to that degree, like that's really it's so that's so tough. It's so I ballsy. Mean, maybe, what, maybe what we're envisioning is like a little bit different too, where like maybe it wasn't even on their body. Maybe it was like on a, I, I think they said it was like under their arm or something. But yeah, like you said, like what happens if like you get beamed there and all of a sudden something shatters and you're just like, oh no, we're good. Yeah, I'm you just see a little, like what happened with Sammy yeah. Sosa with the cork bat when it just, yeah. when, <laughs> when it just exploded. Exactly. I was going to say that. I just couldn't remember if it was Sosa. But yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, nothing to see. We're good. Yeah. Like me, go. I'm walking to first. All right, I'm fine. Who left this here? 
All right. Yeah, I think, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we got enough in here. So I want to thank you guys for coming on. Before I let you go, you want, I'll let you plug your social medias. Ant, you're up first. Yeah. Uh, social media for uh, photography. Check anything out. It's at uh, Sorbellini Photos, S O R B E L L I N I Photos. Uh, Twitter is at uh, Ant uh, Sorbellini. All right. Will, how about you? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm um, at Will Shatter, Shatter H1 on Twitter. And uh, yeah, just writing. Picking up some fans, I did articles, still interning with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, so uh, keep an eye on for some NFL free agency posts. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. No problem. I think for this podcast, we're going with hashtag unfortunate bystander. That's basically <laughs> the, what the Mets are in this situation. Truly. All right, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Next up will be an episode tomorrow. You get episodes on back-to-back days, guys. Talking to Matt Verderam, doing some fantasy football, doing some NFL playoff football coverage. Ian Sachs doing NFL picks and more. Until then, hope you have a better week than the Science Dealers. (laughs) 